Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I am so excited about this conversation today with one of my dear friends and fellow entrepreneurs and certified coaches um, that I met in the past few years. And we actually don't even live in the same city. So it's been really cool to stay connected. And she is such a positive, inspiring light. Welcome to the show, Carolina Bucker. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. I I love following your journey and staying connected through however means we we're able to <laughs> to do it. And yes. Yeah, I'm so proud of you and everything you've done in the last few years. So I I'm excited I get to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. And I'm excited to share your story um, because you have such an inspiring, empowering story, um, especially for our audience of a lot of uh, women, especially women, small business owners. And we originally met, uh, what, maybe four or five years ago through um, More Than Just Great Dancing, which is the, the coaching company that you've been part of, I've been part of, fortunately. Um, And we actually went through our certified coach training together, which we'll talk about a little bit, kind of what that meant. But it was really cool to connect even deeper with you through that experience a couple years ago. um, And just to see where everyone has kind of taken that journey since then. So tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, your maybe upbringing, how you got to, you know, be in Wisconsin and um, how you became a dance studio owner. Well, the, the story is, um, let, let me try to, to bring 20 years into <laughs> two seconds. Uh, I grew up in Brazil, in the south of Brazil, and dance was always a part of my life. Um, I do believe that it is a misconception that we think every dancer wants to either be a professional dancer or own their own dance school. And that was never something that occurred to me, actually. I debated becoming a professional dancer for the the high school years, which is usually what happens. And then when you realize that your passion for dance could mean that you're going to be a starving artist, (laughs) it's one of those, at least in Brazil, that's the reality. Um, So that's not the route that I decided to take. So I went to school um, for ESL, which is English as a second language. And that's then 
through that, I fell in love with the art of teaching. So teaching ESL brought me to the United States. It wasn't dance that brought me to the United States. And love is what kept me here. And <laughs> love is, it's a, it's, I believe it's the focus and the lens I've chosen to tell it through lately, because I like highlighting the fact that what kept me here was the choice and the beautiful event of falling in love and having the dream of building a life with somebody. And sometimes that story ends and it ends in divorce. And that's what happened for me. Um, So I got married and we moved to his hometown, which is Westfield, Wisconsin, very (laughs) tiny, small town, 1200 people in uh, the middle of a lot of farms and um, about an hour from Madison. So in that journey, I stumbled upon a small dance studio that had opened here in this town. And I was looking just for a, a way to connect back to the art of dance that was always a part of my life. And the owner then said to me, she's like, I have no opportunities for you to take adult classes here. This is a dance school for kids, but I am looking for a ballet teacher. So that's how I started. And she closed the school and I literally had about 90 days to decide and shift gears and shift my careers. I was in real estate Mm. and I, I thought, you know, this seems right. I felt called to do it at that point. So it wasn't a dream come true. It was one of those, it's going to matter. It's going to be a part of your life and make a decision now. And so fortunately, I believe that that right there is a skill that we should pin and talk about. It's the, the skill of being able to make big decisions mm-hmm. fast enough for us to not miss them, right? And put enough thought and plan for it to become successful. So that's how that started for me. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story. I just think it's it's so inspiring to, I mean, one, take a chance on leaving the country that you've grown up in to come to not only just the United States, but of all places, small town Midwest Wisconsin, right? Where we have cold winters and, you know, it's just, I'm sure it was a culture shock. Um, So that alone is super brave. And I commend you for that. Um, And to take a chance on small business ownership. I didn't know you were in real estate. So that's really cool. Um, So that's kind of an entrepreneurial, I mean, it is an entrepreneurial venture, but I would definitely say taking over a studio or starting a studio is even more of an undertaking of small business ownership. Um, But you saw a a need and a void and took a chance on your heart to to fill that. So how long have you had your studio? 16 years. Yeah. 2007. Yeah, I remember walking into that classroom that first time when I met with uh, the owner who who had opened the studio, and I thought, wow, what a gift for these kids 
in the middle of nowhere because mm-hmm. I had just literally just moved in. And I cannot tell you that I was extremely thrilled to be in a very small town. I grew up in a large <laughs> city. Uh, so I was in the midst of that culture shock and still f- trying to find my footing. Yeah. And I think it was through what my mother always said. She said, go explore the world, go fly high. However, find your roots again. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's not here at home, um, find your roots, find a place where you can feel that, that it's home. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I built here. I, I, I can call it home when I go to Brazil, it's home as well. But when I come back, it, it certainly feels like home. Yes, absolutely. I love that advice from your mom. Like what a, what a golden nugget, um, to, you know, wherever you're at, wherever you end up, um, you know, go follow your dreams, but also, you know, find your footing, find, find a place you can call home and be grounded and create community for other people, which is what you've done through your dance studio is giving that experience that you had growing up to kids that maybe wouldn't have it otherwise. So, you know, if that other dance studio was closing, I'm guessing there was nothing else nearby. Um, so to be able to continue that is really cool. Um, and when we met, you were kind of, um, you're still in your dance studio, but pursuing other things and making some pivots. And um, would you share a little bit of what led you into not only wanting to become a certified coach through more than just great dancing, which um, you can, we can kind of talk a little bit about what that means, but kind of what led you down the path then of the, the coaching space? So I feel like this is the perfect question to kind of connect the the topic that we will be talking about later, which it comes to the connection between growth and contribution. So I feel like when we are in need of growth, and that's usually when we find ourselves at our lowest, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe that if we are lucky and blessed enough to have a moment in our lives where we find the ground with our knees and we have Mm. that need, that deep calling to connect to a higher power, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. those are gifts. And I had a couple of those moments and through the ownership of of the business, navigating 2008, 2009, coming Mm. through that. And then my marriage was uh, ending. It was a slow ending process. Mm -hmm. And I literally found myself in during that moment of a crossroads of what's next and who can help me. And I love the saying that when the student is ready, the master Mm -hmm. will appear. Yes. And that's exactly how I came across Misty. She actually came I was sitting next to her (laughs) in the midst of that moment of um, very, very dark moment where I perhaps I still had my blinds on. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting next to her at a conference and I remember looking at her and going, how does she do this? You know, she was (laughs) jazz handing the whole thing and so excited, her bright energy. And I was not feeling it. I was so dark. And it wasn't until two years later that I remembered that lady sitting next to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was her. 
<laughs> it was meant to be you were meant to sit next to her and have that that aha moment yeah. and so joining more than just great dancing was one of those decisions that uh, I just had to take the leap mm-hmm. and it was a I I do regret not doing it earlier but I likely wasn't ready and after yeah. I did it you know after I did it it just kept opening up because when you are sitting in a room and you are the tiny fish swimming around beautiful creatures, um, it's humbling, but that's when you know you're in the right room. Yes. Because you're ready to grow. Mm-hmm. Right? So being ready to grow. So I feel like I've done the growing, the soaking up, the attending countless events, the spending thousands and thousands <laughs> on coaching and training yeah. and certifications. And I went back to college. Yeah. And so all of that has led me now to want to close that loop or continue the loop because the loop doesn't close. And that's to contribute, mm-hmm. right? To, to say, okay, I, I've learned enough for now where I have to pour it back out Mm -hmm. onto somebody who can grow from it. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise we just suffocate ourselves in, in all that we learn and we don't apply, we don't pay forward. So that's the contribution point of it. Um, And it's a continuation, right? We don't stop Mm -hmm. learning and we don't stop giving. So, yeah. I love what you said. The the topics of the six, the six human needs that, that I'll be talking about at your summit that I'm excited about. And, um, and I don't even know what I was talking about. I got lost. (laughs) No, it was so good. It was so good. I want to, I want to highlight what you said about growth and then contribution. Um, and I feel the same way, um, because we were both, we are both part of the same more than just great dancing, which if you're listening and you're not sure what that is, it's basically a, uh, business coaching, uh, mentorship group for dance studio owners. And I was not a dance studio owner. I was a yoga and fitness studio owner. I still am, but I got pulled into the group because, the mentor was my landlord at the time. So, um, and I'm so grateful to still be part of this group and connected with all of these people. But I remember just learning all the information, soaking it up, right? The monthly calls, the conferences, the, the experiences and feeling like this is so good. I have implemented so much that has made a difference in my life and my business. I need to go share this with other people, right? So that's, Even for me, how Sister Circle came to be was just this need for, okay, I've grown in so many ways myself, just like you shared. Now I need to give back. I need to contribute and like spread this with other people because I know that if it helped me, that I can help other people with my own experiences and what I've learned and what I've gained along the way. Um, So I love that. And when we did our certified coaching training together, which was basically being chosen, handpicked to be elevated within this coaching group to then coach other people within the group. Um, You did your presentation at the time on co-parenting, which if you just want to share a little bit about um, that topic and how you've created a space for you to help people, even in the personal part of their life, outside of just business. 
Yes, I'm deeply passionate about the topic of co-parenting. And I remember when Misty invited me to become a coach, I was so honored. And I thought this is a the perfect opportunity. I had been looking for other courses that I could take just so I would overcome my fear of speaking. Public speaking is a fear of most people. And yes. it was definitely my top one fear. <laughs> and <laughs> and I I thought, well, why not take it from somebody who knows me by my name and knows mm -hmm. my story? And I know that I will be guided with love and the right tools. So when, when we did that, I thought what I actually want to talk about is a top is the, the topic of co-parenting, which is what brought me back to school, what made me go back to um, a psychology course, and I will continue pursuing that. It all comes back to the family. And I believe that the picture of a blended family, the picture of dreams crumbled through divorce mm -hmm. and raising children through that, that picture is not going anywhere. We're not going to stop seeing it. Mm -hmm. And I believe there is a deep need for embracing those parents who are simply looking for hope and guidance mm -hmm. and love and acceptance, right? There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of pain that surrounds the topic of divorce and co-parenting. And I almost wish I had found somebody who could teach me about these things and teach me how to do it well, faster. <laughs> than that. And with the pain that divorce causes and mine was no different it is easy to forget what comes first even if for a moment we mm -hmm. forget because we are focused on our own hurt mm -hmm. and what comes first is the well-being of our kids yes right the ones who didn't ask to didn't ask for any of it mm -hmm. and to give them the best chance they have to have a life that is filled with love, filled with possibilities, filled yeah. with flow, right? Mm -hmm. That is not interrupted by this trauma uh, of divorce because it is a trauma. It's traumatic for everybody. And so if we can shorten the, the gap and uh, shorten the learning curve and come together faster, that will change generations to come. Mm -hmm. So I've dedicated myself to learning all I can. And I feel like the more I learn, the more I know I need to learn. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm deeply passionate about the topic. And now that I'm in inserted in the clinical um, life, I'm currently in it um, through a, an internship. And I realized that just like Misty talks about, and I believe she's quoted, quoting someone else, that we need to stop taking the bodies from the bottom and going upstream and seeing where they're coming from, right? She talks about it and I, I know, I don't know who she's quoting at that point, but it <laughs> makes me think about it. 
And I feel that um, helping, supporting, coaching, giving guidance and tools to co-parents is going upstream and uh, interrupting a sequence of traumas that could trickle down generations to come and being able to say divorce is okay. Nobody chose it. Nobody is to blame. Let's not blame. Let's rebuild as fast mm -hmm. as possible. It's an earthquake. It mm -hmm. destroys everything. Mm -hmm. So how can we clean up as fast as possible? How can we link arms? How can we forgive ourselves and others? And then how can we put brick over brick for our kids to, to build the new future that, that they deserve? Absolutely. And like what you said about um, you wish you had those resources, right, when you were going through it. And I truly believe that often like what we create out of some of those really dark moments in our life or just experiences that we do not wish upon anyone else is what ends up being what we put out into the world to help other people, right? And who better to help those people than someone who has gone through it themselves? Um, and that's, again, 100% why I felt this passion, this calling to help small business owners, because I remember being, you know, 20 and young and naive and just not feeling like I I had the resources or the mentorship or the community of people to really help me figure it all out. Um, and I'm sure that's the same that you felt um, in that experience. And then going through all of that, uh, your own divorce, your own rebuilding of your family and your life while still trying to grow and have a team at your studio and do all of those things on top of it. So that kind of leads us into even just the topic that you're going to be speaking to at our upcoming Sister Circle Summit, which I'm so excited to have you um, there for that entire experience, is um, leading from within and mastering the six human needs to build a thriving business. So can you talk to us just a little bit about, you know, what, what are some of those needs? Um, why leadership and building up strong leaders within not only yourself, but your business and the culture, whether you're a solopreneur or you have a team is so important. Yes, absolutely. So in my search for guidance and coaching, I, wanted to attend one of Tony Robbins events. So I did, and it was amazing. And so I wasn't done after that. So I decided to become a coach. Um, it's the Tony, uh, Tony Robbins and Madani's um, coaching program. And it's a, a life coaching program that I did last year. And it was wonderful. And, um, so enlightening and so <laughs> filled with with goodness and the basic the, the basis of that course is on the six human needs so the six human needs are certainty so those things that make us so i'll just go over through the the list and then i'll explain so it's certainty <laughs> and then um significance and uncertainty and love connection followed by growth and contribution. So those six human needs, we all have them. And 
I believe a concept that has become a little more popular is the love language concept, mm -hmm. right? the fact that we all have our own love languages. So you could stack them uh, in a comparable way that we all have them just stacked differently. And basically it dictates how we prioritize and how we stack and how we look at life. So for me, I believe growth was always a part of my life. It was always a part of something that fed my soul. And that's how I, I ended up here um, to begin with. However, contribution wasn't. And I believe that that's what held me back. I thought I liked contribution. I thought I was a giving person until I realized that there was a lot more to give. So when we stack our needs based on the lower needs first, meaning certainty, those are the situations and, and the people that we see that have a very hard time with anything that is out of control. And the truth is most things are <laughs> yep. out of control. Yeah, right? especially in uh, business ownership, right? How much do you really control? <laughs> exactly. So there's a paradox there. There's something that doesn't match. Um, when we say we want to expand, we want to live differently. When The moment you say, I want my life to look a little different. I want this road to, to lead to something that I haven't had before. So we need to let go of certainty because that's what's keeping us captive, right? And behind. Um, and understanding that about those around us. So your question about how to, you know, rebuild your life uh, along with rebuilding your business and a team. So I started out as a one, one woman show, right? <laughs> just running the studio and being the janitor, the marketer, the choreographer, the <laughs> dance teacher and, and everything else. And now we have a team of eight and I, I, I know I couldn't do, I couldn't have accomplished as much um, if I continued just running it as a solopreneur. So I believe that the, the journey needs to be, we need to have the, the map planned. We can start solo, but we need to know that there will be a turning point. It has to, otherwise we just have a job, mm -hmm. right? So if we want to have a business, we need to plan for the people that will make that happen. And so stacking that goes with how do you hire? How do you fire? And how do you keep good talent in mm -hmm. your business? I have never had to fire anyone because I'm very careful how I hire. I have never hired out of desperation, although it was, I needed them desperately, but I didn't hire them in desperation. So mm -hmm. hiring based on values, hiring those 
that align with the culture of the business. So I'll, I'll back up a little bit. You ask, how do you lead yourself and then lead others? Leading ourselves means we do what we expect others to do on a daily basis. So when we have our values well stacked, we have them clear. If somebody asks me what's important to, to you, I will tell you integrity is number one, respect, growth, passion, communication. I, I, I know what I'm looking for when I choose the people that will be in my life. They mm -hmm. have to align with that. So the moment you have that, the likelihood of you having to fire somebody, very slim. You will likely lose them because they're growing out <laughs> of your business. Uh, yes, the pains of that. Growing, right? <laughs> right. Yes. So, and that's okay. That means you've done your job. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so so embracing the needs of my staff. So if we all have those needs, we all need certainty, significance, variety, connection, growth, and contribution. That means I give them opportunities to number one, express to me how they like to have those needs met, how they see my role in it, how they see their role in the business. And it's really embracing that the business could survive without me, right? Because now I have these amazing people. So ego mm -hmm. needs to be put aside for a little bit. And it's the, it's the giving. So I feed my staff with what I believe they need and what they tell me they need. Right. So I give them opportunities to grow as people. Mm -hmm. I'm always nudging them or asking them, what is the next thing that you would like to learn for your own life and to bring into the studio? When they give ideas, I, I listen and I, I celebrate their enthusiasm to add to the studio. And any time that they have an idea that's better than what I would have had, <laughs> I celebrate it. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. So looking at looking at their needs first before expecting them to to look at mine. My job is to serve them so mm -hmm. that they can serve our customers. Yes. They don't serve me. Repeat that again. Your job is to serve your employees so that yeah. your employees take amazing care of your clients. And as so many people get it flipped, right? Like the employees are serving the boss or, you know, the boss. Um, right. When really it's, it's not that way at all. Uh, I would say a strong leader acknowledges just how important it is to have good people. And when you have good people, you want to keep good people. Um, so acknowledging, yes, all of those different needs, how they want to be communicated, how, like, I feel even just pouring into their growth says so much about how you value them and supporting them, like you said, on their own journey of growing personally and professionally. And sometimes that means them outgrowing us, which can be painful, um, but it's also brings joy knowing that you were a part of that. 
um, and elevating them. And also, if someone is like thinking, well, I don't have a team, I don't know if I'll ever have a team, it still is so important to not only lead yourself, but also know that you're a leader for your clients and your community of people that you're serving. And we also can use the six needs in that communication um, with clients as well as everyone else in the rest of our lives, right? So um, when you shared with me, that you had gone through this training and you're excited to to share it with other people, I immediately thought this is a great topic for anyone because whether you have a team or not, you can apply it in all areas of your life and business. Yes. And I'm all about insight and any type of test and analytics, any type of information that can give me insight to why I operate in a certain way, whether that's a personality test uh, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the love language and the six needs. I mean, we are all puzzles made of millions and millions of pieces. And so understanding ourselves gives us the tools to be great leaders because it opens up our horizons and our lenses and our interest to get to know those around us. And that's how that's how we serve, right? We serve when we know what they need and what they want. Um, because I, I feel like it's almost like a, a parenting relationship with, with a teacher, right? We, we have our golden child, AKA our business (laughs) and a teacher will pour into that child and wants to see that child grow. Our employees are that. I feel like a lot of times we look at our employees as servers. Mm-hmm. They're they're not babysitters, right? Or they're they're not going to change diapers. They're going to contribute, mm-hmm. and they want to see that. They want to know that their voice is being heard. They want to know that their gifts are being seen. We all want to be seen, mm-hmm. and when we hear them, when we connect to their core, they will bring their very best to the table. And that's how our businesses grow. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I'm just curious, what would you say has been your biggest challenge over the years of small business ownership? Biggest challenge? It's hard to say it's the biggest, but perhaps (laughs) it's the one that comes to mind. Um. I believe it's honing in the kite, right? Mm. Misty talks about being the (laughs) kite and a lot of entrepreneurs are the kite. We're flying around, but without the string to keep us grounded, without the string to give us direction, we'll we'll either fly at random and fall somewhere or not even take flight. We'll just Mm -hmm. stay on the ground without the string. A kite usually doesn't even take off. Yeah. So... I believe for me, it's connecting my kite, connecting myself to either my own string, because sometimes we have the the blessing and the gift of having somebody on our staff as a kite. And I have been blessed with, with my friend, Corey, who has been with me from day one, and she is a fantastic kite. However, I believe it's also unfair to only rely on um 
somebody else's ability to bring it in, right? So <laughs> that that's that's been the biggest challenge. And it usually starts with, I have an idea, right? Or yeah. I think we should do this and that. Um, so having all those explosive ideas, which it's fantastic and so much fun, but knowing knowing when, knowing, okay, well, mm -hmm. maybe you need to finish this first before you do that. Okay. So taking a, a breath, organizing that yes. process. And do you feel like that comes over time as well with experience, like knowing what is worth pursuing right now as a new venture and maybe sitting on something and, and putting it through a framework and, you know, just all the analytics that maybe we wouldn't normally do if we were just following the idea. Um, do you feel like as you've grown as a business owner and just knowing yourself personally with, again, these six needs or all of the work you've done in psychology, do you feel like over time you've you've learned to maybe reel yourself in, like you said, a little bit more and um, still be able to make decisions quickly, but maybe not from just a place of, I have an idea. <laughs> yes, that's where it's at. That The last part of making the decision quickly, but based on data information. Uh, it's funny because as, as we speak, I have in my next crazy idea in, <laughs> in the oven. <laughs> Love it. And, and um, I believe that that's, that's the key. It's to be able to just process through knowing what to look for, knowing to crunch numbers. I mean, yeah. you know, when you get enough coaching, education, support in the nitty gritty of owning a business and managing and creating a plan and knowing mm -hmm. all the unknowns, quote unquote unknowns, the things that nobody tells you you're going to spend on yeah, until you have the business. So it goes from needing six months to come up with a business plan to doing it in 48 hours mm -hmm. because you can, because you're able to, right? Right. So I believe that that's, that's the change. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I have a great idea. I see amazing potential because that's also the, the gift and, and a curse of entrepreneurs. We see potential. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like the strength, but uh, simultaneously can be a weakness if we, act impulsively all the time sometimes it works out other times we learn a lot along the way right um and i would say too and i i'm assuming you would probably agree is not only just that time of being a business owner but i think it really comes from like you said earlier putting yourself in rooms where people are at next levels and people are running the data and doing the numbers and and more of the analytical side that maybe we don't um automatically do um but you yes. force yourself to over time because you want to make decisions from a place of clarity yes that's the key because a lot of times um we need both we yes. need well all three we need our own self-leadership we need to surround ourselves with staff, team, a team of people that is aligned 
and that will both lead themselves, follow directions and lead others. It's, it's all simultaneously happening, but at the same time, they may not be able to fill all the seats on the bus. So then we need to be able to be in a group of like-minded individuals that, that can inspire us and equip us. Right. Mm -hmm. And those rooms, when, when we are gifted the opportunity to, to, to be there, we know it's just, it's, it's that gut feeling that we get, we are in the right place and we have the support. Mm -hmm. Um, and with earlier, when you mentioned about how to, how to shuffle everything, I've, it, it brings me back to, I think it was Shana who said something, Kirkpatrick, uh, Kirkpatrick, um, she said something about, you can drop the balls, just don't drop the crystal balls, drop the rubber Mm -hmm. balls, right? So when we are in the midst of business life, just knowing that failure is a part of it, right? So in the midst of me thinking of this new great idea that I have, (laughs) I have, (laughs) I am extremely excited about it. I have put together a plan, Mm -hmm. uh, my numbers are aligned. Um, the opportunities are endless. Yeah. And I literally had to make that decision in 48 hours. And so I set together, you know, I sat down and, and, and did what I now know how to do. Yeah. But then the wisdom comes when you pause and you ask yourself, will I be dropping crystal balls? Yes. Balls as I pursue this. Yes. Right. So the question is, will my laundry fall behind or will my relationships suffer? Mm. Yeah. So that's the question I never asked before. Yeah. I never tend, I, I didn't tend to, to consider that. That's I always looked goal. at the dropped balls as, as part of the process. So yeah. Part, part of the, the journey up the hill however it is very very important at the age of 40 Mm -hmm. having learned through hardships and loss I know not to drop those crystal balls if I can help it absolutely that really matter yeah that's that's some serious wisdom and (laughs) A great um, truth bomb dropped right there is, um, yeah, just knowing what what is the cost of pursuing this new venture, this new decision. And I recently, I mean, I've made really hard decisions um, even just last year. And it was so kind of ironic that um, putting my studio business through the, 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 the data and the numbers and all of the dashboards that I received from my mentor, Misty, right? And more than just great dancing, I then had to come back to her and say, hey, my numbers don't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense for me to be in this space and you're building just because my business model has changed. Um, the industry has changed and shifted. So I knew at that point I had to make that decision. And she was so supportive because she taught me how to, you know, run it through those frameworks. Um, So getting those tools 
from someone and being able to implement them and then make the hard decisions from that is one not only so important but then it taught me because i recently had another opportunity that i felt and i still think is an amazing idea i did a you know a whole um kind of background research on it you know i was running the numbers on this and again i can relate to because it all adds up but what you just said what else is going to maybe suffer or what crystal balls might i drop if i pursue this right now right so it might not be it might be the perfect plan but not the right season so i think knowing the right timing of things too and like as you get wiser in business you get a little bit more patient with things being not always like go 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 um because you know that there are trade-offs there are always trade-offs and there are always costs to everything so gosh i that's some gold right there i hope every business owner takes that and and really soaks it up because um those are the types of things that you can only learn either through a mentor or through the hard way like going through it yourself and that's why hiring a mentor having a community of people to surround you is so important because you'll go through it yourself otherwise and feel super isolated and alone um just trying to figure that out so you are very passion focused you pursue things that you know light you up inside so what would you say what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue something or has a calling on their heart and maybe is unsure or has self-doubt um what what have you kind of given to yourself over the years to push your way outside of your comfort zone that you would tell someone else yes so time time is a gift right it is our unrenewable resource and we all get to invest and spend it however we choose it's a beautiful beautiful thing that equalizes uh humanity and i believe that we really should embrace life as a, a, a limited um experience that has unlimited possibilities. So I've never been afraid of making mistakes. I've made many and I probably will continue to make them. <laughs> but like our, our friend Melanie says, just make better mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's that's something I take to heart. I just aim to always be making better mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because it, it sounds... It sounds weird, but I, I feel that it is by investing time in the right pockets. Mm. Um, you don't see me watching television. You yeah. don't see me um, engaging in mindless conversation. You won't find me arguing <laughs> about politics. Mm -hmm. religion or any topics that are personal and pointless to to argue yeah. so those are things you won't see me doing with my time what you will see me doing with my time is asking questions 
trying to connect with the people around me at a deep level, trying to experience as many new things as I can and going back to the old. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be visiting my home country with my daughter in June for five weeks. And during that awesome. time, my business will be in the hands of my team. And if the new seed that I am planting, planning to plant, if it goes through, that will be going on at, at the same time that we enjoy time with, with our loved ones. So I, I just look at life as like, there's not enough time to do everything I want to do. Yeah. So just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Nike. Don't, don't pause for too long. Right. Like yeah. making the decision, making the decision fast, whether it's a yes or, or no, mm -hmm. the faster you can process your, your list of pros and cons, the faster mm -hmm. you ask yourself, is it a, a, heck yeah. Is it a mm -hmm. open my heart and I want to jump in or does it make you shrink? Yeah. Right? So if it makes you shrink, move on, pass, close the door next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just go through those as fast as possible. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, not, we, we can't afford to spend this precious, precious gift of time. Mm -hmm. doubting ourselves doubting there's not the the average human being possesses the same capacity as the next person to conquer to accomplish we've all had lows we've all had something that maybe looked as a as a negative as a drawback as a trauma or We've all had it one, sh one way or another. So it's what we do with it. It's the lessons we learned from it and how we move forward. We have to move forward. We cannot yes. be stuck. So whatever it is that one needs to do in order to move forward, by all means, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, the more and more I look around, I realize even just going through my own dark moments and, you know, valleys is like, that's the Phoenix rising, right? Like that is truly how people become who they are and, and letting it define you, not in a negative way, but in a positive way that you're willing to go through those dark moments and come out on the other side better for them. And then you get to share that with other people. And it also, I think comes from a place of relating to people you know when you share some of the hardships that you've gone through you put yourself on the same level as everyone around you because we've all had those trenches like you said and how can we yeah uplift other people to encourage them along their own dark moments and their own journey and I really do think that like the hardest darkest periods of our life is what brings us to that other side of ourselves um, that's like truly who we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to become. And that's like just part of our purpose. I mean, I feel like that catapulted you in your darkest moments into becoming this, um, this coach, this co-parenter, this um, co contributor back to your team, your community. And um, I, I think that's what we're here for, right? Like we, like you said, we have limited time. 
how can we make the most of it um, in the time that we have? So I love asking this question is, what are you most proud of about yourself? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I find that pride and humility can walk hand in hand, right? And I, the, the, it's interesting because the first instinct I have when you say it, it's quietly is I am extremely proud of myself. Mm-hmm. But saying those words um, almost makes you go, should I even say that? Right? Because we, we always want to, to combine it with humility. However, I do believe that it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to be proud of yourself. And I think the things that make me the proudest are the chances I've taken mm-hmm. on myself and on, on people and um, the, the, the bold faith that I have in, in life and, and God, the universe, that bold faith that knows I am supported Mm-hmm. Right. Because when we know that, when we have that bold faith, then why not leap? Yes. Because the worst that can happen is we fall down, <laughs> we learn and we get back again because mm-hmm. we are going to be supported through that. Yeah. So I actually have through an exercise that I've done of childhood stuff I'm always digging what's the (laughs) next thing I need to heal you know I'm always digging so in digging my childhood sense of worth I put down as my phone picture the screensaver it's a picture of myself as a baby Hmm. and the reason is because who can be mad or disappointed at the end of a baby Yeah. So looking at ourselves through the, those, through that lens of we are whole, we are a creation. We are love. We Mm -hmm. are loved. We are worthy. And just fully knowing that, not doubting it, not just saying it and then questioning it to that point, because it is at that moment, only at that moment, that we can look at the person across from us mm-hmm. and look at them with that same love, same awe-inspired, mm-hmm. limitless capacity to accept them. Yeah. Right? So I feel like coming to that point with myself to really mm-hmm. accept myself and love where I am and appreciate my journey yes. of forgiving myself for any and all the mistakes and um, really allowing myself to dream as somebody who is worthy of all the gifts and all the good things that I know I deeply desire for my child, for my students, for my friends, for those in my community. Yeah. 
I love that. And I was just talking about that with someone recently about, you know, when we have a conflict with someone or we're struggling to see their perspective, um, seeing them as a child, like you said, a baby or just a young child, just innocent and just pouring love and compassion and empathy into them because like you said, that's who we all are truly on the inside. Um, it's the life and the traumas and the things that, that, um, and, you know, get some of that out of whack. Um, but at our, at our soul level, we are whole, we are complete, we are loved, we are all spirit, um, together. So I love that. And what a perfect way to, wrap up with my last question, um, which is what drives your soul today and what gets you out of bed every morning? (laughs) I love that. What gets me out of bed? I think it's just the gift of today. I think uh, it was uh, Grand Cardone. I saw him speaking about this saying, if you had a million dollars, would you be happy? Would you be smiling today? Mm -hmm. And then he said, okay, what about 10 million? Would anybody be able to make you upset if you had 10 million bucks right now? You'd have a very hard time being sad. But what if I told you that I'll give you 10 million, however, you don't get tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Would you take it? And the answer is no. Yeah. Tomorrow is worth a lot more than $10 million. Nobody can give me any amount of money and take away my tomorrow. Yes. So if, if tomorrow is that precious, why would we not get up? (laughs) So good. Uh, Look at that mic drop nugget of wisdom. I love it. This has been not only just an inspiring conversation, it's soul-driven, which is the purpose of this podcast is to bring together people that, you know, just have that deeper that deeper um, calling and passion to go after their dreams, whether it's, you know, business pursuit or um, just a personal pursuit, but to do it from that place of, you know, listening to your heart and following your soul. So we're so excited to have you come speak at our Sister Circle Summit. Um, It's coming up April 28th. It's a Friday right here in Onalaska, um, Wisconsin. And you'll be speaking on those six needs along the lines of leadership and culture and core values. And I just cannot wait to not only see you and hug you in person um, and reconnect that way, but to listen to you speak because it is so so energizing and i love just listening to your voice so i hope everyone (laughs) enjoy this conversation um and is there anywhere else we can kind of follow you or find you carolina well at as of right now i am building things so (laughs) so coming soon um you can find her on on social media um if you want to follow her journey there. Um, but I'm very excited for you and the next kind of chapter and pursuit. I cannot wait to hear what it is. So yeah, <laughs> it's a little crazy. But well, that's <laughs> always good, right? So it's gotta be a little crazy. So thank you again for tuning in to another episode of soul driven with Steph until next time, keep following what fills your soul. 
Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.